show. Guys, I'm Mike. This is what Massey. Up? What up? You're with the Self-Evident Podcast. That's it right. is Sunday night, 7 p.m. Thank you so much for tuning in, joining us again, right? We have a lot to get to, but let me first tell you about a little website called theselfevidenttruth.com. Make sure to check out our website. Check out 1776truth.store. Get some merch, right? Start repping. I, I'm seeing more and more of our stuff around town, and I love it. I, I love seeing people supporting. So check that stuff out. We'll you talk know, about our monthly stuff a little bit later in the podcast. Yeah. You've got to get on the monthly train, the Torchbearer Society. Hey, guys, also comment down below. Uh, make sure you guys make your comments known. we got a really cool show. Hey, Gloria, she's on. Uh, please comment, share this video. Listen, what we're going to do tonight is do some commonly asked questions. And a lot of what we're talking about is why. Uh, it, it's difficult sometimes to answer questions with a good, sound, solid answer, whether biblically, constitutionally, uh, all that stuff. So we'll talk about different topics tonight, um, yeah. and, and I'm, I'm looking forward to it. The reason why we did this is because a lot of people, whenever I go do a show or when you go do a talk or whatever, we always get the, yeah, but how do I answer this or how do I apply that? Or, you know yeah. what I mean? When you talk to a liberal or when you talk to a non-Christian, they ask these commonly asked questions. And I find... Um, I heard this from an apologist once. He's like, if you really break down all the questions, there's probably 15 tops just asked different ways. Nope. You know what I mean? And I think you know who I'm talking about. Uh, so, you know, it's just really coming down to knowing your word, knowing scripture, know, knowing the Constitution and understanding law. That's it. You know, and let the law of God rule your heart. You know, let, let that let that peace of God and that law rule your heart. You know what I mean? That's the piece that really comes into play. That's the piece that plugs in is once you understand the relationship between you and the Lord and how that interacts with the rest of society, everything else falls into place. Yeah, yeah. Like you, you see things in a different way. Be sure if you've got questions, be sure to post them up. Um, we did do a promotion post. So Massey, if you want to check that, see if there are any questions uh, in yes. there. I didn't see anything um, on there, but okay. let, me, let me check. But post your questions if you got stuff, because we would love to try and answer that for you. And it can be about anything in this realm. Truth. It's society, politics, Christianity, how they intersect, whatever you want in that realm, we'll cover it. Yeah, yeah. And and really, what if you saw the title of the podcast, it's Answering the Culture. Guys, please share this video. Get it out to as many people as you can. One of the things that we're having happen is on Facebook, or I'm sorry, on YouTube for sure we're being throttled. On Facebook, we're being throttled. We mm -hmm. know that. But so the more you guys share, the more you promote the ministry, the more you promote the page, the more the message gets out there. You know us. We're not asking for anything crazy. We're just asking for your help to help promote. So please share this video. Uh, and share it with all your friends. We'll take. We'll give you ten seconds to do that now. Ready? Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Yes. So let's get into this, Mike. What, what are we starting with, buddy? What, right, what are we doing? Where are we going? What are we saying? Here we go. Here we go. We're going on the news bits. What are we doing? What are we doing? What are we saying? We are talking. You know, it's okay. funny is nobody posted any questions, but I understand why. It's hard to come up with a question on the spot. Because we are exactly so good time. at our podcast, they don't have any questions. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, buddy. You know, and again, we, we do thank you guys all for uh, being a part of this, uh, being a part of the show. So ask your questions down below. We'll get you some answers. Okay. So this may get us... Uh, I like Gloria. Look at that. She said, I answer liberals with God's wisdom. Amen. That's pertinent. Right? Right? right there. Yeah. So we don't we may get uh taken off for this topic, but we'll see what happens. We are going to be talking about the uh COVIDs. The COVIDs. I ain't gonna get COVID after that. <laughs> nope, nope. <laughs> Takes care of all your ills. 
This coffee this, is strong, man. Jeez. The, the, Israeli, the, the Israeli study. There was an Israeli study that came out showing that natural immunity actually works. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. So preliminary data shows that the COVID infections in Israel are almost all those who never had infections before, Ooh. whether they were vaccinated or Ooh. not. Uh-oh, whether they were vaccinated or not. 40% of the 7,700 new cases since May 1st were among Ooh. those who were fully vaccinated. With 835,792 recovered, 72 instances of reinfection amounts to 0.0086%. Those, you want it? No, go ahead. Those who were vaccinated were 6.72 times more likely to get infected after the shot than after natural infection. Dude. That sounds a little bit contrary to what Dr. Fauci said. Yeah, but it is kind of, and so I just saw this book, and I'm going to tie it into this. There's a children's book uh, called uh, Dr. Fauci, How He Became America's Doctor. It's a children's book. It's a oh, coloring goodness. book, right? D- let's just think about this for a minute. If we're if we're going based strictly on logic, why is one man America's doctor? Right. And why haven't we ever heard dissenting opinions from the White House when it comes to, when it pertains to COVID? Yep. Like, hey, we're saying, we're hearing some scientists say this. We feel uh, Fauci saying this. We, we really want to do this because he's gotten his homework done, blah, blah, blah. But you never hear a dissenting viewpoint. All you're hearing is Fauci said this is what we're doing. Fauci has no authority to, to implement it. The CDC shouldn't have any authority at all in the federal government, right? But I'm, I'm bringing this to a point now. Dr. Fauci, over and over and over, time and time and time again, has failed himself. He's contradicted himself. He's contradicted all these things. And I'm, yes, I'm attacking th- this, this issue right now so I can get into this. And their excuses in the media and and uh, what's what's that uh, the speaker the the press secretary's name oh Saki Saki whatever her name is uh, she says well you know as you know science changes all the time so why the flip should I believe you at all <laughs> so let's go with the science not the guy saying the science is wrong but the, but the point right? is she says that science changes yep. constantly well then we shouldn't believe you at all what you're saying now science is supposed to prove fact is it not. That's yeah. what they say. Well, it's never factual. It always changes. They're literally telling, this is what I've been trying to say. You want to learn how to answer liberals out there? Let them keep talking. They answer and they hang themselves in their own words every single time. If you would step back and just slow down and listen to what they're saying, they're literally hanging themselves in their own words. They're killing their own selves with their words. And what's really frustrating is their own words become the concrete. It, what they say goes. And so anything that challenges that ends up not being the science. It ends up be- becoming conspiracy theory. Oh, my God. In actuality, the science that, yeah. is always evolving, always ever changing. A lot of times the scientific community gets it wrong. Yeah. And so then somebody comes and busts up the scientific community and everybody gets upset because there's this new idea. And then all of a sudden the new idea seems to have more legs than what the scientific community brought. Yeah. So like. Science should be the study to prove something that already is true. So in other words, we have science to study our fingers, our hands, our muscles, our things like that, right? We don't have science that eventually says that your hand is no longer a hand. It's a hoof. Do you understand? That's what science has turned into today is science is now trying to recreate and create things out of thin air that aren't there. Was there a virus? Yes. Should, should, Should there have been some kind of precautionary thing? Yes. But shouldn't that happen everywhere, every time? If the flu virus and, and if, if the flu or whatever has done this kind of damage before that we've seen. And guys, 
I just talked to a friend today who uh, her, I think it was her brother was, di- uh, uh, he, he went to Utah or something like that. And he's got COVID now. He came back. He was tested five times, five times before he went negative. What I'm saying is, are these tests proven and are they really dying of COVID or complications from something else? And COVID just happened. COVID. And, and so what's happening, you're hearing 600,000 people have died in America. But were they all that that thing? Were they all even, because of COVID? Even the CDC said 94% of those are comorbidities, right? So you can't trace it directly to coronavirus. But the- right there, how do you know that? Because of what? Because of your study. Because you're studying constantly. Now, that's something you can use right there. Because you're going to get a lot of liberals saying, well, you don't care about people dying. Actually, I do. What I do care about is how many kids died because of suicide, how many adults died because they lost their businesses from suicide, how many people fell into depression because they were locked in their homes, how many churches, which is, I can point a fault at that too, but how many churches shut their doors when they should have been open for places of hope? How many people uh, lost their jobs, right? And now can't provide for their families, lost their homes because of this, right? And you're seeing a lot of this happen. I, I am concerned about life. Here's what I think. You guys always talk about evolution. It's the survival of the fittest. Let's get real. I'm not saying that you are. Liberals do this all the time. When they deny God, they say it's evolution. Evolution is the literal theory of survival of the fittest. According to your theory, let them die. I'm saying to you that their bodies were created in God's image, that they can fight this. The reason why it's so hard to fight a virus today is because we do everything not to make sure that our immune systems are healthy. You know what I mean? We don't. So Carrie and I, was in, we're in a ministry. We used to go out uh, every day on the streets doing street evangelism, right? Dude, the first two years, I was sick all the time because I was around people all the time, yeah. literally hundreds and hundreds of people a day. All my buddies were the test. They all were, went through the same thing. Carrie would say it. We, we'd be out there talking with people, and we'd just get sick and all that stuff. After about a year, it was like, you know, we're not, we're not sick anymore. We're kind of handling. Our immune systems were built up. We yeah. were learning how to take care of ourselves. We were learning, okay, my, our, our bodies are taught to – we're not taught to fight a thing anymore. No, and that's that's the thing that really scares me about this is the there are people coming out now and saying that the vaccine is the only way to get any immunity, the only way to be safe. And when you're being told your own health is Sorry. is not <laughs> pick his nose, pick his nose. I feel so bad for the people who aren't watching this and only listening to it on podcast. (laughs) Mike, this is your finger talking. Sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry. I was like, hey, do this. I'm all in the camera angle. I didn't even see it until after. Hey! (laughs) Hey! Hey! There we go! If you guys think that this is a professional <laughs> show, you're on the wrong channel, folks. Wrong one. Let us tell you, we are real. That's what we are. We're real. Yeah, we're, we're telling real you human all the beings who can't seem to get a podcast. That's right, all right, so let me let me tell you what happened. So, our uh, our producer Richard decided to go on a little trip. Richard, if you're watching. Thank you so much. We're so sorry. But so Richard takes off and this whole ship just sunk. I agree. We're, we're oh, still moving can forward. Can you though. click on the chat right now? Uh, there we go. Wonderful producer, Carrie. Can you put some of these comments up like Nancy's quick? Watch this. Read this right below. I can't read it. It says the, to- <laughs> <I'm too blind. laughs> the total deaths, the total deaths of all causes in the U.S. in 2020 did not increase over 2019. So what it was listed yeah. as the only thing that changed, no additional deaths. In other words, the only thing that changed was COVID happened. But there was no additional deaths more than 
and and if you look at pneumonia uh, pneumonia numbers as well as flu numbers, all those numbers pretty much went to zero, which means. As soon as COVID showed up, they said COVID death, COVID death. We yep. had a guy in Florida who died in a motorcycle accident and they contributed it to COVID. Right, right. If you look at right now, Sutrum Binos just came up and said, what happened to the flu and influenza? Exactly. Right. No more statistics. So you guys, if you're just doing a little bit of your own homework, step back a little bit, do your own research. By the way, if you guys keep doing what you're doing, you will be called crazy. Just, just forewarning yeah. you. We're, we're probably they're going to call Facebook you crazy. They're going to call you nuts. You shouldn't be talking about this. You're not scientists. Where's your degree? Blah blah blah. Let me give you the science. I'm glad you said that. Let me give you the science. And and this is one thing that I love that we do is we try to bring in the the science and what scientists are saying. Not because we worship scientists, but because we know, hey, there's some value in the intelligence and the wisdom and the knowledge that some of these people bring to the table. Dr. Ryan Cole. Mayo Clinic trained pathologist told Daniel Horowitz of the blaze, a natural infection induces hundreds upon hundreds of antibodies against all proteins of the virus. Notice that word, all, all proteins, proteins of, of the, the virus, virus, including the envelope, the membrane, the nucleocapsid and the spike. Dozens upon dozens of these antibodies neutralize the virus when encountered again. Additionally, because of the immune system exposure to these numerous proteins, our T cells mount a robust memory as well. Our T cells are the Marines of the immune system and the first line of defense against pathogens. T cell memory to those infected with SARS-CoV-1, is at 17, COV-1, okay, SARS-CoV-1, is at 17 years and running still. However, in vaccine-induced immunity, According to Cole, we mount an antibody response to only the spike and its constituent proteins. I have no idea what you just so said. So this produces much fewer neutralizing antibodies, and as a virus preferentially mutates at the spike, these proteins are shaped differently and antibodies no. can no longer lock and key. So Put that in English here. Okay, so this is what's going on. When you have a natural immunity to something, when you, when you catch COVID and you get over it, what happens is your body produces antibodies which can handle anything that the virus throws at it because it, it understands the full of the virus as well your t-cells which antibodies disappear fairly rapidly over the course of a lifetime t-cells remain in your body because t-cells have the blueprint of hey this is what this virus looks like this is how you defeat this virus that stuff stays t-cells stay T-cells have the blueprints to handle anything that virus throws at it. Now, what he's saying is the vaccine only produces antibodies that handle a specific type of protein spike, which the spikes, protein spikes are what the virus uses to attach to other cells, right? So what he's saying is the vaccine is very specialized in what it can actually defend against. So as soon as that virus mutates a couple of spike proteins... Well, the vaccine's no good anymore. And so what he's saying is your natural immunity is actually better than the vaccine because your natural immunity can handle more that gets thrown at it. Yeah, dude. And now once your body's defeated something, it's the it's the floor. So it just keeps going on and on and on. As your immune system gets stronger, that's what happens. You learn to fight off more things. God is so faithful. He's so creative. He knows what he's doing. That's what gets me is like we and, and Christians, you need to pay attention to this. What we're basically saying is we can do it better than God. 
as soon as you believe that line of, well, the vaccine is the only way for you to be safe, what you're basically saying is God can't do it better than us. Now, does a vaccine help like some government. people? Yes, the vaccine absolutely can help some people. But we have this blind faith in it that this is the only thing that'll save you. Everything else won't count. You literally right? caught me pulling my shirt. Down. <laughs> you literally caught me pulling my shirt down. I've That's always awesome. told him to do the truffle shuffle on podcasts. He I, has not done it yet. If you guys want me to, donate. <laughs> Let, let's I will set do a the, goal. I will do the truffle shuffle on this podcast if we donate. If someone, yeah, seriously, if you want to donate, become a monthly sponsor. We get 10 of those people. I will do the truffle shuffle. Not that you want to see it, but I think it'd be hilarious. Oh, we will clip that, put it on YouTube. That'll go viral. <laughs> 40 million views. All right. You good on COVID? I'm good. All right. Let's go to Cuba. Cuba. Hey, did you know Cuba's got a protest going on? Do they really? Can and you tell me about it? government, they're just a failed state. <laughs> it's not, it's not a, no, that's what Biden said. They're just a failed state. I didn't hear that. Tell me yeah, about that. He, what did that's he what he say? said. That's all he said. You know, that's what happens in a failed state of Cuba, basically. And uh, not calling it socialism, not calling it Mar – let's just call it real, Marxism, right? The whole isms, the, the Marx and his little communistic theory, uh, all that stuff is happening. And so now the people are revolting, you know? Now our federal government's downplaying it, right? It's just a, a bunch of protests. Yeah. 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 Cubans really got a good import-export business, blah, blah. State Department came out and said, well, it was because they wanted more vaccines. And, you know, they were concerned about the rising COVID numbers. That's really what they said. <laughs> oh, because that's why the people are protesting. Yeah, yeah, it, it wasn't the failed communist state. So Cuba protests. So. Hey, we'll get to your questions in just a little yes. bit as well. Just yes. letting you know. Awesome. I love that. Yeah, we, we, got, we got some questions. Man. Cool. We got some, we got some folks up already. We're teeing yeah, it off, yeah. baby. Let, let us get through Cuba and then we'll be there. Yeah. So let's liberate you'll Cuba notice first. And... A lot of articles are talking more about. Well, they're protesting about COVID and, and rising COVID rates because, of course, the State Department decided to tweet out about that. What about the chan chance of liberty? Does that not count? I, I don't remember people chanting liberty because they're seeing COVID rise. Maybe they're sick of this tyrannical government that's been over them. And USA Today, this was the article that I was looking through, made sure to even blame Trump, of course, because it's Trump's fault. Have you noticed that even after Trump is out of office, that's all they're they still talk blaming about? Trump when when I'm on YouTube and I see clips being advertised for, say, Stephen Colbert or or uh, what's the other good Jimmy Kimmel? They're still talking about Trump. They're still talking about him. Do you realize how obsessed you sound? How crazy obsessed you sound to still be talking about a guy who is literally just a private citizen at this point? A popular private citizen who only got 74 million votes. <laughs> Sorry, too soon? Too soon. Too soon. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so USA Today said that a mixture of the coronavirus pandemic, sanctions from former President Donald Trump, and the problems in the state-run economy have helped to cripple the Caribbean island. Those sanctions started in 1960. Obama backed them off a little bit. Trump put them back to where they were. That's it. Trump didn't come up with these sanctions. He just put them back to where they were. So internet was blocked in Cuba. Crackdowns have begun by Cuban troops. Um, people are getting disappeared, which is, is really a scary thing. You know, you see videos of people getting arrested. You don't know if those people will come back. And that is the truth in a communist regime. If you want to argue it, go ahead and argue it. But it happens. And it happens in Cuba. 
So Dia Canel, the president of Cuba, warned protesters that they could face a strong response. He said, we are not going to hand over the sovereignty or the independence of the people. What sovereignty? What independence? That's right. They have no freedoms. So you also see a bunch of American flags being flown there. And it makes you wonder. So I've got this question for you. Why is it that foreign countries like Hong Kong, right before China decided that they were claiming Hong Kong, Cuba, etc. Why do they fly the American flag when they're protesting for their freedom and liberty? Yet BLM will tell you that it's a hate symbol. Sure. Sure. And I think that's that's where why are we letting the world define what hate and love is? I, I'm really asking that question. We're letting them define what hate and love is, right? And, and, and I'm not saying it's not or is. I'm saying, like, why is it that they're throwing out these extreme terms? You know, they were mad at Donald Trump for going to the extreme. Don't they do that? White people just hate. Christians are all hypocrites. You know what I mean? The Bible's full of hate and murder and slaughter. Our founding fathers were all slave owners and they're land grabbers. And Donald Trump was the extremist, which he was in a lot of ways. He said some extreme things. But these people do it all the time. You understand? And what's happening is we're letting them do it. And we get on the defensive because we're like Todd said in the sermon today, we've become passive. And what happens is we yeah. don't, we want to be told we're, we want to be nice Christians. We don't want to ruffle feathers. No, the bottom line is they hate you because they hate God and his word. That's the only reason, right? So I know I'm kind of no, off go, topic. Go, go I'm, I'm off topic here. I, I understand I just, where you're going with this. I, with the I whole... had a point to add to that, but keep going. Yeah. Keep going. So, so with, with the BLMs, we don't even need to talk about their hypocrisy. They show it all the time. Hate symbols, all these other things, dude. They are cash cows. And the rest of their people, they are literally epitomizing what socialism is. All the people on top made money. All the people below them are still broke. That's exactly what they want. And if we can't see that and point that out, right? And, you know, I just got a question earlier. If you were in an elevator with the liberals, Gloria Tucker, she said, if you were in an elevator with a liberal, would you be able to convince them? Not without the spirit of God. It's true. Right? One, two. They don't hate me. They hate God's word. They hate God's word. If they did, if they, if they loved light rather than darkness, they would understand. When you're talking scripture, truth, honesty, uh, all that stuff, I can convince them all I want, but without the spirit of God illuminating their conscience, that's why starting off with politics, if you're going to go down that train, good, but you got to go back to the foundation of politics or government is God and Jesus Christ and what the founder said about it. And we'll go into all these other questions, but listen, the BLM, these whole movements, all these things, Cuba, what's happening a direct representation of what these people are trying to bring here. Let me tell you something. I'm going to answer something to you. You want to know how you want to stop the socialism and communism argument? Question number one. Socialism is coming in our country, communism, blah, blah, blah. Just read Article 4 of the United States Constitution. Our United States government shall provide to each state a Republican form of government. Not a socialist government, not a communist government. They shall provide a Republican form of government, period. What that means is socialism, Marxism, all these other democracy should not even be in the conversation because we're a republic. And anything outside of that now has become an enemy of America. Doesn't that sound like scripture? If you hear a, a, an angel preach any other doctrine, let it be accursed. See? You're, oh, you're equating America to the Bible? No, I'm equating wisdom. They said that we're a republic. If we were in a monarchy all day long, tell me exactly what you want, because that one king will tell you everything. But here, guess who are the Caesars? We are, which leads to another question, right? This is how we have to start answering, is the scriptures are very clear. It's very black and white in scripture. 
Sin is sin in God's eyes. You can't get away from that. When people say, but what do you think about homosexuality? I don't think anything. God said it's immoral. It's a sin. It's abomination before him. So is murder. So is drunkenness. So is hatred. All those things are an abomination. Listen, ask a gay person, do you like murderers? Why not? Because they hurt people. Cool. Do you know God said sin hurts you? That's why he hates sin. That's why he sent his son to die for it. See what I'm saying? Like all those questions, I used to witness to gay people all the time. And they could never answer that question. Why do you like, why do you hate every other sin except yours? There's something wrong with that. Because they love darkness rather than the light. Their eyes have not been illuminated, the Bible says. They have not crossed over from darkness to light. Right? And so we're faced with, do I be nice or do I just tell the truth? The bottom line is if you tell them the truth and they get offended anyway, guess who they're going to come back to when crap hits the fan in their life? You. Because you were the one that told the truth. Here, here This goes back to, you were, and we'll get into the questions in just a second. And I think this will actually answer your communist socialism question. So you were talking about Todd talking about passivity of the church. Yep. You know, one of the problems with passivity, passivity comes from wanting approval of men. So what happens is you want the approval of other men. So therefore you back off. So that way they'll give you approval because they're getting what they want. It's the same way with socialism and communism. What is, what is the Marxist agenda on this whole thing? And I hate using that whole term because it's so overwashed, but Think about what what's used as a wedge. You're intolerant. You're hateful. You're racist, sexist, homophobic, bigoted, ableist, whatever you want. Do you notice those are judgments that are pointed at you? And what happens is if you're worried about the approval of men, you, you're concerned with those labels. Because men aren't approving of you. So you say, I'm, I'm, I'm not racist. I'm not homophobic. I love all people. Now you're in their court. Now That's you're right. playing their That's game right. because what they're saying is, ah, I've got you because you're worried about what I care, what I think, how, how I look at you. Right. If you don't care about the approval of men, you will speak truth no matter what man says back and to you. And you'll do it in love too. Exactly. You'll straight up do it you'll, in love. And so that's one way to really defend against socialism, communism, because what happens is there are too many people who are afraid of being called labels. So they don't speak truth. There are people dying to hear truth. And if you give it to them, if you give them a reasoned response in truth and love, Without worrying about the approval of men, you'll change hearts and minds because what you're actually doing is you're speaking God's truth out to them. You're saying, look, God says, this is wrong. This is wrong. This is right. I thought you were getting choked up. Indigestion. I thought thought you were starting to cry. I was like, ooh, he's getting passionate. Ooh, someday. (laughs) All right. So let's get into the questions. No, dude, I think think these are good. There's several questions right now uh, that happened. One of them was Destiny. She said, can you find that one? So people can read that. And can you she read said, it to me? Yeah, she's, <laughs> she said, question for the Q&A. And I kind of answered some of it, but we'll, we'll answer it anyways. Question yeah. for the Q&A. How do I talk to people who don't believe in religion should be involved in politics? I understand America is founded on biblical principles. However, when I explain uh, that in situations, I get called ignorant and that Christianity is a white man's religion. Christians are hypocritical, <laughs> hateful, etc. Now, 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 just just go with that. Keep Keep that up Ooh. just for a minute. Keep that up just for a minute. We'll, we'll go line by line here. Christian people who don't believe Christians should be involved in politics. Why should secularism be involved in politics? Why so, should no so God be involved let's, in politics? Let's play devil's advocate right. because I, I think this will be useful for them. So you say, well, why should secularism? Secularism isn't a faith. Secularism is just teaching rationality. Right. But your your faith is you. 
really, what secularism is, I believe in self. Ask any atheist. I believe in me. I believe in who I am. I believe in it. So you change your opinions like you change underwear. Why should I put my faith in you then, in your decisions? See, God called us to a higher standard, right? So let's talk about this for a minute, because you're, you're right to play devil's advocate. A man who believes in himself has always led people astray. What does the Bible say about that? Uh, if, if they go walk together, uh, man leads man. The, uh, if both are blind, they'll fall into the ditch, right? That's Jesus's words, not mine. When we follow man, this is how we end up in these situations. God gave us a, a very strict plan to follow. It's very simple. It's called the Ten Commandments. They're very simply found in Scripture. And people are like, oh, we're not under the law. We're under grace. Cool. You wouldn't hate the law if you were under grace, though. You would love that law because you know what it does. It, it leads you to righteousness, right? So the, the law is a schoolmaster. It brings me to Christ. I'm justified not by faith, but that law is good. The Bible says it's holy, just, and good. Read Romans 7, right? So if people don't understand even the basic Ten Commandments, that's why I can't vote for Bruce Jenner. I can't endorse Bruce Jenner. If he can't figure out that God created him a male, can I trust him with God-given rights? That's not mean. That's not a cap. That's I would still shake his hand and all that stuff and meet him, all that stuff. I would totally do that. But if you can't trust, if you can't trust that God made you who you are, I can't trust you with the rights he gave me. Sorry. You know what I mean? And, and let's go. So, Destiny. Oh, we got to get to the white man's Christianity, too. Oh, yeah. White yeah. man's religion. Uh, let me let me quick nail some of this for you, Destiny. So when you're when you're talking to people who aren't believers, one of the tacks that you can take is say, look, you honestly don't even have to believe in my Lord to understand that he gives you rights. So you can say he doesn't exist. But as long as you don't respect the fact that somebody as a higher power gave you rights, that means government gives you rights. Yeah, because who this, determines what rights are? Right. So this gets into the Declaration of Independence. We hold these truths to be self-evident. Okay? So, duh. This is self-evident. The Creator gave these unalienable rights. Unalienable. They cannot be violated. They cannot be stolen from you or taken from you. So and, and uh, by the way, they're not transferable. Even if you wanted no. to give them up, they're not able to be given up. No, that's another no. definition. Yeah, and so when I've had these conversations with with nonbelievers, atheists, I take that that kind of tact of if we're talking about government, government's role in a person's life. What you can really take the tact of is look, if you don't place a higher power as the giver of rights, you're giving that to government, who gives you rights, and government can give and take, just like like the wind. They can do whatever they want because they're men. So I would much rather your rights be in the hands of somebody who's not a man. And we all say, you know what? We can't, we can't ruin this. We can't take this because we weren't the ones who gave it. Yeah. So uh, let's, let's, let's white man's Christianity. Yeah. Right? Just think about that. Just think about that comment. What, what, what part of region did Jesus come from? Dude, what he, was he? He, he wasn't, would, he wouldn't have been white though. He he was Roman, right? Yeah, he, he wouldn't have been. He wouldn't have been. Right. Right. No, he was he was from Israel. He was Roman. No, he was British. Yeah, That's what he no, was. No, no, no. He was uh, German. He was from Bethlehem. He was they're, they're Chinese. Little, they're a little darker than us. He was Chinese. I'm just saying, like, if you think <laughs> white man's religion, Jesus wasn't white. If you want to look at skin color, probably a little bit darker than <laughs> he, us. He was Jewish. He was Jewish. <laughs> yeah, it's like, gosh, <laughs> even these comments like that white man's religion, you're all hypocritical. You're all this. Fine. You're right. Say that we're all hypocritical. What does the word say about being holy? Tell them, acknowledge that, yes, there are Christians that are hypocrites. Yes, there are people who do that, right? But the Bible does not call Christianity that. The Bible does not call Christianity as that. The Bible says that we're supposed to be holy, for I am holy. 
be perfect as I am perfect. He says here in Isaiah 6, he said, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. If you read 1 Peter 1.16, since it's written, you shall be holy for I am holy. That we're supposed to obey the commands of God. Then when he said in Deuteronomy 7, the curses of Israel should, or Egypt shall not befall you because you keep my commandments. What are his commandments? That's what's perfect, just, and good. So we're supposed to walk in that Christian light. And for those that say they're hypocrites, ask them yourself, where have I hated? Where have I been a hypocrite? Where have you seen me default on the things of God? You show me. And if you can do that, I'll repent right now. But now you're just throwing out blanket statements not to believe. And that's not critical that's, thinking. And that's one of those things where you have to you have to understand where are you coming from? Are you going to come from similar positions and, and have an open discussion? Or is it really just a fight? If it's a fight, you don't have to partake. I think some people decide that they have to protect themselves and they have to defend God in an argument. If a person is not coming from an honest position, you don't have to take the bait. If somebody comes in and says, all you, you know, white Christians, you're, you're all haters. You all suck. You're all awful. You can engage if you want to. But you don't have to. Truth. But can, can we shoot straight? Y'all ever read the story of Harriet Tubman? Harriet Tubman, black lady, saved a lot of slaves. You know, she said, I, I freed a thousand slaves. Could have freed a thousand more had, I, had they known they were slaves, right? She was a Christian. She believed that God was speaking to her. Read the, watch the movie Harriet. Just watch it one day. That, that makes me think. Oh, go ahead. But you could say it's a white man's religion. But why was God talking to her? What was I, that? Was, was she lying? What, what, and, what, you know, and it's it's a really really um, close minded view to believe that Christ has not changed lives all over the globe. I I would argue that it's more of a non white religion than it is a white religion. But I want to go one step further with that, and then we'll get to the next question. You notice Jesus didn't chase after the rich man, so when he has this interaction with the rich man. The rich man, he, he says, what must I do to obtain eternal life? And Christ tells him, well, you know, don't steal, don't cheat, you know, honor your mother and father. And he's like, well, I, I've done all that. Christ says, give up all of your possessions and follow me. And the rich man goes away sad. What you notice is Christ doesn't chase after him going, ho, 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 come back, come back, come back, come back. I'm not saying that that you don't pursue people, but there are people who their minds are made up to where yeah, dude, they you're, just argue. you're not going to do much with them. Then exactly. Sometimes they just want to argue. So you have every right to decide, you know what? I just don't feel this argument's necessary. And that's a person who unfortunately and sadly is left in their own. They're left in their own wallow. You can have the confidence to say, you know what? This isn't a productive conversation. If somebody comes and says, I don't understand. I feel like Christianity is really hateful. Can you? Can we have a discussion about this? Go all in. But if somebody comes to you and says, you're just an evil Christian hating everybody, weigh the situation out. You, the, there might not be much fruit to be had in it. So next one. All right, let's do this. We have another question here. Do you know what? Can you find? Huh? Sure. Well, no, that's more of a comment. It's not really. <laughs> I'm blind. I can't read it. Well, okay. Pastors need to preach politics based on the Constitution from the pulpit, despite 501c3 potential loss. How can this happen locally as most churches aren't doing this? 
Um, How do you get pastors involved, basically? Yeah, uh, Carol, we got to stop asking that question. I'm going to tell you why. Because for the most part, when I read the story of the founding of America, when I read the story about Ezekiel, (laughs) you know, I was reading the 37 this morning, right? I read from 37. Dude, that was so good. Right? And, And when you... That prophecy to the dead, dry bones was to the children of Israel, his own people saying you're dead and you're dry, right? And that I'm going to be honest with you, there's a lot more churches that are hireling type people than there are pastors. And so what happens is they, they, it doesn't even, they don't even care. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't even think they care about their 501c3. I just think they like butts in the seats. They like popularity. They like the money, right? And they like the, the, the name. They, they like having that title. Right. And so what happens is let's let's avoid that. Let's do a let's do a me centered gospel. And the me centered gospel has no conflict because your your conflict is you. So now you focused all the conflict, not on what's going on in the world, not abortion, not, you know, gay rights, not all these other things. It's now you between God. There's always a struggle in your heart. Everything's about you. God wants to focus on you because he died for you. It's all about you. See, the thing is, he died for you so that you no longer live to yourself, but you live to him, the Bible says. When Paul said that I'm crucified with Christ, it's no longer I who live, but Christ that lives in me. Well, when Christ was confronted uh, about the render to Caesar, things that are Caesar's, when he was talking to the, to the Pharisees, they said to him, we know that you don't have, you, you don't care about the opinion of man. So already they set him up. We know you don't care about government. You don't care. You don't put respect to persons. That's exactly how we should be as Christians. I don't respect people. I, just because they're pastors, look. They do have the largest voting base. And the bottom line is, is those people, if they choose not to speak on these things, they're going to choose not to speak on these things because they have the same word of God. And a lot of us have spoken to these pastors before, especially local ones. We held, how long ago was that, babe? Two, three years ago, we held a a luncheon for, I think, how many pastors showed up to that? 20? Like 20 pastors showed up. Do you know how many people called us to come to their church? None. They didn't like the message. They didn't like what it said. I said nothing of Republicans or Democrats. I said nothing about anything that would have been offensive. I used scripture. I used founders quotes. I said, this is what God believes about government. This is why Christians should be involved. And not one said, hey, you should come in. The whole point was, let's get involved so we can come to your church, teach this, teach constitution courses, get people involved in local government, right? This was years ago. Now what happened locally, what happened during COVID, now the pastors are like, oh, shoot, we got to be involved in politics. See what I'm saying? It almost like has to come to their lap first before that'll change because we've tried to do so many times. That's why it's like, you know what? The only thing that's going to change people, especially pastors, is when other pastors lead the way. Yes. It's it's example. The only thing that'll change people is courage. It's not going to be by your words or anything like that. The bottom line is, dude, Pastor Todd didn't know really much about politics. His wife did. You know, Pastor Jan did. When we came, he started watching all the videos and that's, but he was hungry for it. He was like, Hey, this is cool. I didn't know God was in the founding of America. Then he went to that watchman on the wall conference mm-hmm. out in Washington, DC with him and pastor Polk. And he was like, Oh my, you know, like he, it really opened his eyes. Right. But he was already hungry and we were there every day feeding him this information. Like we were constantly talking to him about it. He'd watch all of our videos. He would see clips that we would do all these things. Then he started to fill himself with knowledge. Once he figured that out, Dude, who, who's preached more sermons on government than him? You know what I mean? About getting involved because, and that's what, four years now that he's really like stepped in? But that's not because of us. It's because the Lord changed his heart. Like it had nothing to do with us, right? Would we have stayed there had they not supported us? Of course. I think the spirit of God will move wherever. But it wasn't that he was trying to avoid politics. He had no clue. But we've tried to do meeting after meeting after meeting, right? And it just, sometimes they work. Sometimes pastors are like, heck yeah. Sometimes, I'll give you one example. This, uh, I just got a call yesterday from Ohio. We're on the road. Pastor said, hey, what are you doing on the 15th? I don't even know him. But a parishioner knows us that goes to his church and said, hey, I want these guys in. He was like, hey, I checked out your ministry. I love it. Bam, come on in. 
And there's other ones where it's like, you got to have 50 meetings. You make sure not to say this. Don't endorse Trump. You know, all this, you know, the bottom line is I don't even think it's the five of ones anymore. I just think they're cowards. They, they've, they've been trained. That's really what's gone on is they've been trained to cower before adverse opinions, or especially when their own members write them emails or give them phone calls saying, we don't want politics in our church. Church is above politics. Politics needs to stay out of here. Yeah. You know what my answer is? Then you've ceded it to Satan. True. You have allowed Satan to have the Dude, realm of politics. Come on, bro. Think about it. You could say I'm extreme, but think about this. Uh, if there is only Satan or Christ, yep. if you have decided Christ, you we are not allowed to have control of this system. <laughs> Then you've ceded it to Satan. You've said, Christ, you're not allowed to be and in control of this. You're not allowed to be over this. I'm going to let Satan run this. Would you rather have Christ in charge of your politics or Satan? And if you as a church decide that you're going to say, we don't want Christ in our politics, you have just submitted yourselves to Satan's government. Yeah. And, and if you don't believe, Mike, what he just said, what's the fruit? You don't have to believe his words. You What's complain about it all day. I know. All day. We're, we're being barraged. We're being silent. Oh, my gosh. They told us to stop. Look at Oneida's question. Can you put, pull that up, please? Do you think that persecution is the only way that things could change here for those now not involved? Yes. Yep. It's going to take them being persecuted for them to say no more. And I'm telling you this because this has happened in many regimes in the past. The Jews, all those people. Once persecution hit, that's when people got engaged. In the World War, in the World War II... Real quick, John Peter Gable Muhlenberg, two-star general, was the one that preached Ecclesiastes 3, right? He went up to the pulpit, preached Ecclesiastes, or time for peace, time for war. Takes off his clerical robe, shows the Continental Army, gets 300 men gathered in the back of the church, leads him to the war. George Washington makes him a commander. He became a two-star general. Eventually goes and becomes a, a, a representative, right? Just crazy. Helped write the First Amendment, all these things. His brother, Frederick Muhlenberg, was against him getting yeah. involved in the war. He said, you're going against Romans 13. Listen close. You're going against Romans 13, he said. Right? So he's like, no, I disagree. He said, I'm not just a clergyman. I'm also a layman. I'm also a person. I'm a citizen here. Right? Frederick saw his church burned in front of him before his very eyes. He saw his church in New York burn right in front of him. Frederick Muhlenberg. You know what his words were? I must now do something. Persecution changed his heart. You know what happened after that? He also became a, 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 a representative, and he helped his brother help draft the First Amendment as a pastor, both of them pastors. Yes, this isn't anything new. The, the, my wife always says this line. If you look at the Bible scripturally, every time when the children of Israel were, were born bondage to Egypt, every time they stripped away, you know what? We're going to take away their, 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 their um, straw to make, to, to make bricks, all these other things. The more they persecuted the children of Israel, the more they grew. Every single time the church is persecuted, somehow it's that death to self, it's that martyrism that keeps the church alive. And I, I think that's what happens is you end up dying to yourself when you're suffering because you we live in a very you want to say something to that comfortable. Babe? You don't have to get on camera, off. but you can say something to it. Here. Hold on. But, no, that, you, don't, you don't have to be on camera. Just say it. Let him finish. Can oh, I finish sorry. my thought? Sorry. <laughs> I'm a jerk. I know, I'm a jerk. So, so we live in a very closed off environment right now, and we should not pray for suffering. 
And I think sometimes what Christians end up doing is they start praying for suffering because they believe that's the only time the church grows. The church grows in blessing, but the problem is we get used to blessing and we end up getting comfortable and we start getting apathetic because we're used to it. So then suffering has to come in to shake us loose and make us realize what's important. I want you to think about this. What would happen? And I was thinking about that this week. What if the internet shut off all over, all over the globe? Now, I, I understand you're getting down a rabbit hole in this, but just think about your own personal reaction. All of a sudden, food, food transportation, supply chains are shut down because it all runs on internet. Everything shuts down. What do you do? So suddenly you don't have food, you don't have water, because of course all the water plants are run by the internet. You don't have sewage, you don't have heat, you don't have air conditioning, you don't have supplies to repair your house. So all of a sudden, and, and I'm not doing this to talk about what if the internet gets shut down, I'm talking when you're put back into the true reality of nature, you start to see what's important because all of a sudden, do you leave your house? Do you leave your house behind? Do you leave all of your possessions and everything else you own behind because you have to get your family to safety. You have to try and provide for them. That's when you start seeing the Lord again, because you start realizing I don't have control over any of this. Sometimes suffering and persecution takes away that illusion so that then you have to see reality for what it is. And that's when you start seeing the Lord again, because you don't have to get provided stuff from the government. And that's where I want you to come down in that conclusion is Are you seeing the Lord for who he truly is? Or are you saying, you know what? I've got my refrigerator. I've got my electricity, my internet. I've got indoor plumbing. So I'm good. Hey, God, you're great. Because that's putting God out on the boundaries, right? You need God. You you need to be willing to leave everything you have because the Lord's told you to. And a lot of us, I don't think, have (laughs) that that guts. Carrie, you got something? No. I was going to show Jim's comment. Okay, cool. On YouTube? It's not, so Jem uh, Banfield just commented on YouTube as well, and uh, this is what she said. They don't want to affect a ton of speaking of the pastors if they only knew how much God would blow up their ministry. Right. If they would be unashamed to speak this truth. Right. Like that's, thank you so much because it's so true. So many of these pastors don't realize if you stood, people would follow. God would bless abundantly, but we cower back and we're afraid to say something. Why are we afraid to say something? I, it, the more you put yourself out there, the more you realize how foolish the opinions of men are. All of a sudden, the approval of men doesn't matter because you're responding to a higher power. And guess what? God blesses that. We were just talking today about Phineas in the camp. So Israel... They're making bad choices. They're they're pulling in women that are idol worshipers. They're they're worshiping those idols. God puts a plague into the camp. Yeah. And the son of the high priest goes and runs his spear through two people who were flaunting it in front of the leaders. They're executing leaders, and these two people are flaunting it. This guy and his Midianite wife. And Phineas runs them through, and God stops the plague. Because One dude. somebody justified God. Somebody stood up in courage for the Lord. 
because he didn't care about what anybody else thought. Yeah, I, I even like, dude, you, you, you nailed it. And, and I think what, too, we, we fail to negate that your gifting is for this time. So like what happens is if you're the one that's going to engage the political sphere, if you're going to be the one that engages the church sphere, if you're going to be the one that engages children, all these other things, your anointing is for this time. And Angela Anderton just said, amen, we need strong leaders. You know what real strong leaders are? Submitted ones. Yeah. They're no, there's nothing special about these leaders like a Martin Luther King or, or a William Wilberforce who was five foot three and had health, health problems all the way up until his death where he had to wear a metal girdle because he was stooping over. There was nothing special. He was just a submitted man to God. Can't you get that? Like, please understand this. There is nothing special about a leader except he submitted to the Lord. That's it. There's no special strength. There's no special mojo juice. There's no special prayer that they're praying. They just say, Lord, I want to be used. And they deny themselves so much where they're submitted to every move that God wants to make. I think that that is so, so important, so vital to yeah. point out. Because we we think strong leader and we think somebody that is completely on their own mission, doing their own yeah, thing, dude. their own direction. But when you look at biblically strong leaders they're men who are the most submitted to god Seriously. no matter what and dude they're the ones not talking about telling it like it is they're telling you god's heart for the people they're not out there trying to own someone they're just doing it from their heart they're not and you know what's so crazy david being submitted to god saying i'm going to take on the mantle to be king it wasn't his choice it fell on him what did his brothers call him prideful arrogant you think you're better than everybody all these other things he's like dude i'm I'm just talking about this giant that's defying God. I don't think you should defy God. Why aren't we going after him? What are we afraid of? We serve the Christ of universe. This guy, this God who created the Goliath, he, he made this guy. He's a creation of God. Can't God take him out? No. See, this is where governments aren't any better than us. I don't care how much technology they have. Do you guys know the Egyptians were technologically advanced? They had battery systems. They had like panels where they could charge things up. These guys were not stupid. And God still brought that thing to naught. The Romans, super advanced. He brought that to naught. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, it doesn't matter the technology. Nothing is new under the sun and God will have his way. What I love about Psalm 3, he says that he sits in the heavens and laughs at what? Those that would seek to destroy the kingdom of God. Let us break their bands asunder. Let us cast their cords down. Let's all these things. And here's, where David says, he that sits in the heavens will laugh. And he's laughing right now. Like, they think they got one over on God. Notice this. This is what's so cool about Christianity. The only name that has ever offended people is Jesus. Not Buddha, Allah. Do you know why? Because Jesus is alive, and it confronts the world. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Right? He that is born of God overcomes the world, the Bible says. See, all these things like... And I look at that going, dude, who are, like, look at you, look at I, right? If we were to look at each other objectively and say, yeah, that guy's going to change the world. <laughs> I, I can't say that. No, yep. guys like a Tom Brady will change the world for sports. And you know what? They'll be remembered in the halls of the, the Hall of Fame, right? All these past greats, they're remembered in the halls, Hall of Fame for playing a sport, right? But the Bible says he writes a book of remembrance of those who obeyed and honored him. He writes a book of remembrance. So if you're looking for praises here, ain't going to happen. Ain't going to, especially if it's God's way. Those ain't going to happen. And those two words that you used, obeyed and honored. Obedience. Obedience trumps all. Obedience to the Lord. And when, if you want to be great, 
You have to be a servant. You have to be humble. Christ tells us this. Look, the Gentiles, they lord it over each other, but you need to serve each other. And if you want to be a great leader, you serve the Lord first, right? The two greatest commandments, love the Lord your God with everything you are Mind, and love your neighbor soul, body, as your strength. That's everything yeah. you are. Love him. Everything right? you and are. And I keep thinking about that. It's convicting. It's like, Lord, do I love you with everything in my body? I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm blessed and highly favored. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. Right. But let's go to Gloria. Which, yeah. Like she just said, I was asked to run for town council in Jupiter. Gloria, I'm going to ask you a question. Maybe you can't answer right away, but are, do you feel that you're called to that? If you are, do it with all your heart. Let the Lord do what he does. If you feel it's impossible and you're like, but I just feel pulled to that, that is the Lord. And we'll, we'll pray for you here and, uh, in a minute. And, and I, I, I feel like I've got to say this to you. It is time to not worry about the old ways of doing things. And what I mean by that is so often we think there are these boundaries we can't cross in terms of God being in politics. And those boundaries are, it's time to do away with those boundaries. Everybody has set their mindset to believe that God is out of bounds. So therefore we can't work through that frame. We can't work through that lens. We have to work through reason and logic. We have to work through secular means in order to get what we want. It's time for us as Christians to say no more. God is allowed to be in the middle of this. Totally. And despite what you say, totally. God is going to be a part of this. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to allow man to try and refuse God of being a part of this moment. Yeah. And, and once you switch that, you switch that, you turn on, that dude. on and Prophesy. say, you know what? Christ Prophesy, is going baby. to be in the middle of this. Christ won't be out of bounds. God is going to give abundant favor. He's going to make doors open. And the beauty of it is so many people are yearning for somebody to actually put down their foot and say, it's time for God to be involved. Come on, Come on dude. It's time for us to stop saying, be silent, Christian, be silent, God. Yeah. God can be in the middle of it. Yep. What if you're the little sprout? You're the root out of dry ground the way Christ was. What if you're the one to bring that spark, that little root, that little shoot of Christ in that whole sphere of things? And because of you, your children, wow, your children will eat the fruit of the righteousness of God because of what you planted. Sometimes I think we get it mixed up where we think we're the ones that are supposed to affect change. I was in the car. I won't get into details, but I was speaking over my son, my 10-year-old. And the things that I dream about, I saw for him. So in other words... My dreams, my, my, what God has shown me, I believe I'm praying into for him and his family and my boys. Do you understand? Like sometimes maybe I won't be able to see it, but I'm building the ground and laying down the framework for them. The prayers that I pray, the things that I'm doing are laying the framework for my, for my future generations like yours, right? So you may not see the fruit. Uh, I want to be like William and see it with my eyes and, and, you know, die in peace and stuff. But what if it's your kids that take over? So Gloria, you may be the one, that little shoot. That, that's going to be planting uh, righteousness. Here's just one more question. I, I, I want to sure. say, um, uh, I, I'm going to ask this, amen, Gloria, train up our children. Uh, white privilege. Here's another one. We, we, had, we had written down several questions, and we, we got to do a life lesson, so we might go a little bit over, but, that's fine. Uh, but white privilege. And, 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 and how do we answer that as Christians? White privilege. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to get into it. I want the white guy to say something about it, too, because I'm just whatever. But... What I'm going to say, what I'm going to say is this, I don't believe script here. I believe it's demonic to tell me or to tell a white person that they're supposed to pay for the sins of their fathers. It is demonic. It is sinful. And it is against contrary to God's word that if my brother is supposed to pay for his father's sins, where's the redemption of Christ at that point? 
You see what happens when they remove God? There's no more redemption. There's no more forgiveness. So white privilege. Uh, there's privilege. There's everything. There's this. And there should be reparations because of this and this and this. What happened 200 years ago, 250 years ago is nothing that concerns me now. And what nobody ever asks BLM and all these other guys is, show us the racists and we will stand with you. We will be out there with you. We will, sh we will stop hatred with you. Yeah. We'll totally do this with you. Show me where Mike has ever been a racist or my wife. My wife married a fat Mexican. How is she racist? <laughs> She's not only not a racist, she doesn't care about my appearance because she met me when I was this weight. Then I lost a lot of weight because, you know, I had to look good and all. And then I packed it all because she's a good cook. And, and fat pizza. pride. She, right. Fat she, pride. She's really good at home-baked cookies. <laughs> fat pride. Fat pride. Oh, dude, I can, go <laughs> down, I, I, can go, no, I can go down that channel, too. But I, I, want, I want Mike to speak on this, too, because, like, I think there's an opinion that he needs to have as a white person. But it's not because he's white. Because he's a Christian and he sees things with wisdom. Because he's got God's wisdom. Listen to me. Don't fall into the trap of reparations, all this other stuff. Our founders had days of prayer, fasting, and repentance. They repented for their sin, and sin changed. Now we're in this situation where, oh my gosh, the founders were this. If you want their sons and daughters to pay for it, you have now removed the forgiveness of God and now placed it on them. And now those same people who are of the world are now calling God unrighteous, which is demonic. You remove the sacrifice. Ooh. You remove the sacrifice Ooh, of those good. soldiers who died for freedom. Amen, babe. Because she talked about that in the truck when we were talking about this. There's so much that they remove the sacrifice. Why do you think they don't teach about World War II much anymore? Yeah. The sacrifice of our veterans. If you remove sacrifice, you remove the whole point of, of salvation. If you remove sacrifice, you remove the whole point of liberty That's and freedom. Good. So if you keep removing sacrifice, keep taking that away. And now sacrifice, <sighs> sacrifice now is whininess and brattiness. Sacrifice now is. Uh, um, what do you call it? Uh, victim Virtue mentality. Signaling. Victim mentality. Yeah. Victim mentality has now turned into sacrifice. Yeah. That's cool. When the World War II veterans were saying there was men killing themselves, committing suicide because they couldn't go to war. That was honor, dude. I'm not saying suicide's good. What I'm saying is they said that's how much honor they had to our country. They killed themselves because they couldn't, because they were 4F, because they had some kind of physical ailment. They love their country so much. That's just in the natural. Yeah. Could we die for Jesus that way? Could Could... I was I was observing um, uh, this recent basketball game that was happening. All these fans cheering, and I know we've heard this analogy before. All these fans cheering, and it's like, man, I sure hope they could do that with Jesus, right? But it's because they found something and someone they love, and you'll do anything for someone you love if you truly love Jesus. You'll do anything for that Son of God, anything for that Son of God. That that should be so convicting, so convicting. Because think about that. If you're willing to cheer and go crazy because your sports team scored a point. Yeah. What a temporal thing to live for. Right. Temporal. That's so convicting. Yet, you sit in church with your hands folded, kind of nodding off during worship. Ooh, come what on. What do you love? Are you submitted to God? You're sure submitted to your team and you've given your money to it. A church is all they want is money. So do your freaking basketball teams and your football teams. <laughs> What you love is what you invest in. I invest in God's church because I love it. I love his bride. Of course I want to tithe to it and give to it. Dude, I love my truck. Guess what I do with it? I fix it up. I love my truck. I love the church more. I love food. I invest in myself. I know it's a joke, but it's true. What you love is what you'll give to. I love his bride so much. I'm willing not only to give to our church, but ministries in general, right? Because I love his bride. I love the body. I love his appearing. When I see other ministries killing it, like our friends over in uh, um, the Philippines, hun, 
the Delamontes, Rebecca and her husband, what's his name? Nick, Nick Delamonte. They're over there doing um, uh, mission work over there in the Philippines. And we support them. Dude, they're killing it right now. Doing prayer, uh, 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 prayer teams and all these other things. They're killing over there. Because we love the appearing of Christ. When those guys are submitted to God, my buddy Joe Z, when he's doing his morning lives and God's prophesying, he's moving and all these other things. I love seeing Christ appearing. When Todd's up there preaching, our worship is banging. I love seeing the appearing of Christ. Why wouldn't I give to it? That's where my heart is, right? That's exactly how we should be in the things of God. Where is your heart and where your treasure is, there will your heart be also, the Bible says. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. See this white privilege stuff? Completely, completely demonic. So I'm going to take a different tax on this whole white privilege thing. I want you to think about your marriage. If your wife or your husband drudged up stuff that let's, let's say not even you did, your parents did to them or to their parents and continued to drudge it up year after year after year after year. And you put up your hands and you say to them, you, you say to your wife, you say to your husband, I had nothing to do with that. I'm doing the best I can. I love you. I care about you. And they respond with, that doesn't matter. That's not good enough. You are still responsible for what other people have done. And Come I'm on, still going to hold Come it on, against dude. you. What ends up happening? Does Is that marriage healthy? If you go to see a psychologist, the number one thing they'll say in terms of marriage counseling is you have to learn how to forgive. You have to learn how to, to try to move together as one, how to reconcile and understand each other and move forward with each other. The problem is with this whole white privilege thing is what it does is it decides that a group is guilty, the oppressor, and another group is a victim, oppressed. And no matter what happens, that can't be changed. That can't be done away with. And so it actually gives the victim class power and strength to hold over the oppressor class. If your wife or your husband continually holds something over you, is that a healthy relationship? Dude, come on. Is that a relationship you want to be a part of? Is that a relationship that you think is going to succeed? Oh my gosh, dude. Thank you for that. Because in marriage, we're co-equal with God. We are, we are the only thing when you look at marriage, I got to go with this go, for a minute go, because I want, I, want to, I want you to come back on this. You're right. What happens is if I say my wife is just a doormat and just a different class of someone, she's just a woman, right? That affects the relationship of how my, what God is to her through me, right? Yeah. Why have we split America into minority groups? Right. Division. Instead of calling everyone Americans, now we split them up and say, you're a minority. You're an African-American, all these other things. Therefore, white privilege comes because we're no longer Americans. We're, divi- we're divided against each other. See what I'm saying? Now the relationship is broken. We're no longer unified as Americans, right? We're now ununified as classes. And dude, that is Marxism to the max. Karl Marx just succeeded. That's, it's funny you say that because I, I've gotten pushback because I basically said Soviet Union won the Cold War. They, they failed economically, but with what they instituted, like they're winning the social war right now. Marx, Marx, truly demonic, truly demonic, because only the demonic could understand human beings well enough to use the perfect wedge. Yeah, dude. He knows the weakness. So uh, uh, Todd and I were talking about this before, and we've talked about this many times. They use 
whoever wants to rule over a class, they use the two basic instincts of man, fear and greed. They, yes. they attack those. Fear first, then greed. It's easy. You know why? You attack with fear. Look what fear did. Everybody hated government. Everybody hated Trump that was on the left. They couldn't stand Trump. Trump was bad. All of a sudden, COVID hits. Yes, Trump will do whatever Trump wants. Oh, he's giving a stimulus. Okay, Trump's okay for a minute. You know what I mean? Then they got pissed off at Trump again for something else, right? But then when greed comes in, why work anymore? Government's going to inform me. Oh, child credit's great. You know what I mean? Oh, my kids get 300 bucks a pop? Yeah, that's fine. Just do whatever you want, government. I don't care. I need money, right? Dude, I'm going to say this. I'm going to be very controversial. I'm going to be very controversial right now. Just hear my heart in this, okay? I'm speaking as a minority, as a Mexican, okay? <laughs> we were over at the Kalahari. When we went to this event, they pay for our hotel. They were at the Kalahari. That Kalahari was expensive. When I found out how much they were at night, I was like, dang. They, 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 we were there for three nights. They paid for it. It was great. Uh, they have big indoor water park. They wow. got big arcade games, escape rooms, dude. Gourmet meals, like four restaurants in there, a steakhouse. The whole nine yards, man. This was a monster place. With a convention center. So that's where we were doing our stuff, right? Do you know how many black families were there more than white families? Tons of black. Right, hon? Japanese families, black families, uh, uh, Latin families, bunch of Mexican families, dude. Everywhere. I'm looking around going, where the heck is the white privilege? Yeah. You know how much those rooms were a night, dude? $260 a night. $260 a night! Not including the meals, not including the wristbands you got to buy to get your kid in the dumb pool and everything you did. If you breathed, you paid for it. I'm not kidding. Everything costs money. Where was the white privilege? Where was it? It's a lie, dude. And they're lying to you to destroy you. And if your faith isn't in Jesus and you're not strong, you're going to fall into it. Don't listen to the world. Listen to the word of God. If you strengthen yourself in the word, the Bible says to build yourself up in the most holy faith. If you do that, you will not be swayed by the opinion of the world because it's a lie. Walk outside, go into town. You won't see white privilege. What you'll see is a united people. And what you're seeing is a media that's trying to rule the nation. And if you would shut it off and read the word, you wouldn't have these problems. I'm telling you from the church. And we would answer, we would know how to answer well. And if you... If you're going to follow Christ, no matter what nationality you are, we are now one. Whether Jew or Greek, master, slave, rich, poor, male, female, black, white, doesn't matter. We're all one. And when you get that, when you understand that, you know what? It doesn't matter what I am on the outside. I'm following Christ. I'm part of the body of Christ. If you're white, you see your black brethren, your your Latino brethren, whoever you Our see brethren, them, they're as they're brethren, brethren. They're they're brothers, they're sisters. If you're black, you see the white ones as that the the Latino ones. You see them all as brethren. Christianity moves above that, but then people put it in your head that no Christianity divides. Christianity is not the one that divides when it's followed. It's Marxism that divides when it's followed. Because all of a sudden, all you can do is put people in identity groups Ooh, boy. and put them against each other. Come on, dude. <laughs> dude, uh, you should see this. Gloria just said, we, we all bleed the same color red. You're right. But you know what? We're also justified by that same blood red through Jesus's blood. That's what makes us no color. Neither Jew nor Greek, which means no race, neither male nor female. Christ is all and in all. That scripture should destroy every argument against race. Neither Jew nor Greek, male or female, Christ is all and in all. 
And if you're worried about privilege, do you, do you realize that? Do you realize if you're worried because somebody has something better than you, your eyes are not on Christ. Your Ooh, eyes are on, on greed. Covetousness. Your eyes are on somebody else's Dude, stuff. Perfect. Right? Oh, that was so good. I can't even add to that. That just blown my mind away right there. You're envious of someone else? That's sin. You're the one at fault, not them. Oh, they got it from dishonest gain. Guess who gets his way in the end? God. Bible says he'll try every man's work. Every man's work shall be made manifest because it'll be tried by fire. Where those were done evil, were burned in the fire. Those who were done good shall be justified. That's what the Bible says. Oh, man, good call. Good call. All right. Let's, uh, we did a lot of questions. If you guys yeah, want to yeah, do, yeah. let's do another show like this later on. Um, I only want to do one more thing before we go. Dude, that was perfect. Oh, geez, man. You got me on that one. I almost like, I, listen, uh, we, we talk about this a lot, guys. If you want to support our ministry, there's a, there's a monthly support program called, huh? Go to the right. Uh, it says graphics down below. Um, sorry, my wife's on that. She's never, she doesn't produce the show very often, so I'm trying to help her. But she's guys, doing good. Yeah, if you guys want to support us, do that. Um, we went out and did a week and a half of events in Texas. We just got back, and God's so faithful. We'll get into the life lessons here in a minute. Your support gets us there. Your support monthly, uh, financially, uh, it's it's why we need monthly support. Here's why. Because it's it's something that's chartable. We know we have coming in so that we can go out and do the events that we do. We just brought on Mike, who's coming on being our guest speaker. He's actually going to Texas here for, Texas, for a few two, days. Two dates in Texas. Yeah, and he's, he's going to go out there. I just love that. And we're able to give him a salary because of you guys supporting. And what? <laughs> My wife just and, said maybe. And, and IOUs. They're going to yeah. give me a briefcase of IOUs. Yeah. He's got a lot of chocolate ice cream coming. Uh, <laughs> Samsonite. I was way off. New story with an S, though. Oh, man. Uh, Angela Anderton <laughs> said, back. Thank, thank you so much. So encouraging. Um, so if you guys want to become a monthly sponsor, Mike, you've said it best before. That that really, what is a torchbearer? It's not only one who shines a light in a dark path. It's also one who warns. One who Remember the lighthouses? They did that because they were warning the ships of how close land was. And right now we're seeing a lot of stuff that's happening is demonic and we got to stop that. So that's what a torch bear is. That's what you do. And when you guys sign up, you guys get some cool merch. You guys get some different things from us. Um, we got some cool courses coming up. Become a sponsor right now. Get online. Go to the selfevidenttruth.com. Become a monthly sponsor. If you've been praying for it, I'm telling you, the Lord speaks through this. This is the kind of stuff you want to sow into. Our, our ground is fertile. We're fertile myrtles in this ground. <laughs> and that's why we do what we do. <laughs> but I'm not trying to make it funny. It's the truth. And if you guys just want to do a one-time donation, please help. We got a $10,000 matching grant coming in. One of our uh, donors said that he would give us 10 grand if we could match it. If you guys want to help do that, please do that. Go online. Please match that, guys. Yeah, match dude, that. that match and, and that helps us continue to do. Do you know how much clothing costs <laughs> just to buy our clothes? for the? No, I'm talking about our merch. It costs a lot of money to buy that stuff. You know, I, it, To put gas, I rented a car in Texas just to put gas. It was crazy. It was astronomical. Thanks, Obama. <laughs> thanks obama thanks obama so please become a sponsor go on to the self-evident truth.com become a sponsor help us out um and we love you for it guys and you know guys listen if you guys ever want to talk to us our emails are always online our, yeah, our phone numbers stuff like that uh and and we'd love to chat with you one more thing merch what merch <laughs> who's the one who owns a lot of our merch <laughs> Oneida, how much how much do you and your husband george have of our merch and your kids they need more their kids have tons of our <laughs> yeah, merch what right. are you talking about uh so um but real quick life lessons i i was just in a car and this is a life lesson for all of us callings real quick i, I know it's already no, 8 13, it. but just real quick my wife and i we're, we're just going back to the airport coming back yesterday um and and, and this guy from bosnia was driving the uh budget oh, yeah. rental van thing and it really hit me, and I, I brought it up last night. And I want yeah. us to talk about it because I want your, your your take on this too. 
he's from Bosnia and he's, I, I just said, uh, I said, you know, where are you from? He's like, oh, I'm from a different country. I'm from Bosnia. You ever heard of it? I was like, yeah, sure. And he, he, my son had a soccer shirt on. He goes, you like football? And I, my son's like, yeah, he likes that football and the other football. And uh, he goes, oh, I played for 14 years. I was a professional player. And he said that um, he was, he was playing goalie. And I think he was semi-pro. And what happened was someone shot a goal. And when he went up, the ball hit him so hard that it popped his shoulder. And he said his his replacement goalie went in that day. Two days later, signed a multi-million dollar contract uh, and started playing ball. And he said, it, like, you could see it in his face. Like, he was so disappointed. And I'm looking at him going, Lord, I'm not demeaning his situation. If he loves doing what he's doing, great. But I could feel it in his heart. He's like, this, this is what I'm doing now, driving a budget rental truck to the airport back and forth, the shuttle. And I looked at him. I was like, man, you ever thought about coaching? And I just went on. I started speaking life into the dude. I started like, th- like you know, dude, you're creative for more than this. You know what I mean? Like, we just started sp- And he goes, I never thought of that. I never thought of that. And I said, dude, look at American players. What could they benefit from your European knowledge and all these other things? I was talking about hockey. I was like, dude, that's why we're bringing in foreign, and foreign yeah. players because they're blow away. Our American players aren't as good as those guys. And so I just kept talking to him. I'm like, dude, you know how many kids you can help like overcome with your story? Like, You can help them get to that next level. It was a life lesson for me that I'm thinking – I look at people who are, are – um, Website for merch. Website for merch for folks. I'll get to that in a minute. I um, the life lesson is this: God did not create you only to sit on the sideline. And our dear friend Heidi St. John has that podcast off the bench. Um, and you guys should check her out. Heidi St. John. She's running for Congress. She's an incredible lady, man. She's full of truth, wisdom. We we love Heidi, and 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 we'll have her back on the podcast. But the life lesson is this: your word can speak life into somebody. And I'm looking at this dude going, man, could he change somebody's life with his story? And how many of us have gone through so many things with the Lord in in our testimonies and what we were created for more? What if our story is to set someone free? What if our testimony is to set someone else free in the gospel, right? So that our journey is exactly what they're supposed to, like, so then our our floor is their ceiling. They can begin on on our shoulders so that they can catapult themselves further. Why do they have to go through the same things you have to go through if you can just tell them your testimony and say, submit to the Lord. This is what happened here, right? And I think there's a lesson to be learned in that. Like, I love business. I think more people should be entrepreneurs, but you're afraid to do it because you think you'll fail. So flipping what? Fail and get up and do it again. Get up and do it again. Get up and do it again. Guys, you know how many times self-evident almost closed its doors because we didn't have any money? Get up and do it again. Get up. Can I tell you one quick story? I was in, I'm going to tell you anyway. Uh, we, were, we were doing the event and this gentleman walked up to one of our classes. I got done doing a class and he said, you remind me of David Barton. You speak as fast as he does, but you're a lot more alive than he is because he's very monotone, but he's, oh, I love David. I said, are you singing kidding me, man? I got his video back in 2004 or five. It was the America's Godly Heritage. He goes, yeah, I'm one of his donors. I help support him. He goes, do you want to meet him one day? I started crying. I was like, Lord, I've been praying that prayer for about 16 years. I just want to meet him. Not to tell him thank you, but to say, this is the fruit of your ministry. Look what I'm doing now because of your obedience. His obedience helped me get to where I'm at. You know what I mean? His testimony is what got us to catapult ourselves. You know what I mean? If it wasn't for his obedience, what would happen? Maybe God would have done it some other way, but just that he was obedient and he took the flack, dude. People have called him bogus and all these other things. That dude is the man, and everything he knows, I wish I knew. The, the things he has, the quotes, all these things, life lessons. My turn. Beautiful, beautiful, man. Um, and I'm actually, I'm going to take, take that, and I'm, I'm going to flip it around to the other side of it. And one of the life lessons that I'm really learning, especially this week, um, A, accuracy of your words. 
and accuracy of your words to yourself. And that means being truly honest and truthful. I think a lot of times what we do is we, I don't think I know, we protect ourselves with lies. So we build up these defense mechanisms with lies, and then we believe those lies, and then we wonder why we're hamstrung in a certain area. And what happens is that lie is getting in the way of the truth, which the truth will bring you healing, restoration, and growth. The lie will limit you. And so we end up believing the lie, and that puts away the truth so that we can't use it. Learning how to be accurate with yourself and truthful is what actually brings healing and growth to you. Now, the other side of that, that's something I'm learning about is introspection and getting into those really painful areas with introspection. Those areas where you're afraid to go because it's going to hurt. Yep. Come on, it's, dude. It, because you've built up those lies. Mm -hmm. But the problem is when you've built up those lies, the scar or the, the wound, it doesn't heal. So the lie just kind of protects it. But every time it gets poked, poked it's not healed. It's, it's pussing. not healed. It hurts. And it's infected, actually. It's infected, exactly. And it starts to spread and grow. Dude, that's good. It's that's the a sermon. truth that heals that. Ooh, come on. So then when you touch it, it doesn't hurt because guess what? It's already been healed. And introspection means you're going to go to those wounds and you're going to start saying, okay, Lord, I really need you to help me explore this. I really need you to help me heal this. And if you can get into those areas that hurt, and you start to use the antiseptic of truth of Christ, then those spots won't hurt like they used to. Truth. And you actually you you truth. spread out the boundaries truth, to where you can go personally in terms of yourself and who you are and your personality and your growth. And so I just really encourage you guys. This is this is the whole inner healing thing. That's what inner healing is: is getting Christ involved in those moments and healing those wounds so that you can move on. And I, I really encourage you guys to settle in and start saying, Lord, I need spots healed in me so that I can be better for your kingdom. That's right. And that's that's what I'm learning and, and really going through in a new way in the past week or so. Dude, this was so, a fun show. This was. Dude, this first was good. Great words. What? I did. 1776truth.store. It's pinned. Boom. If you guys want our merch... Oh, so, 1776truth.store. Yeah, www.1776truth.store. If you don't put the www. it won't you go won't to go it for anywhere. some dumb reason. Right. Also, you can get our merch online at theselfevidenttruth.com, which is great. Um, and guys, get all of our stuff. Help us uh, wear some cool, gratuitous merch and uh, help us uh, help us feed a Mexican family here in Florida. Yeah. And now a white boy. And, and, and a white boy flying out to Texas. Which, by the way, Mike's, about to, Mike's wife's about to have a kid here. Yeah, she's and, about to pop. Yeah, and you adopt another. You guys are crazy, man. Yeah, we're almost Mexican. Yep. <laughs> so, guys, right on that note, pray for Mike as he goes out. Thank um, you. You know, he's going to go out for a couple of days that the Lord administer through him. Dude, Mike is so phenomenal. We don't have a podcast without Mike. I'm just being honest with you. It's it's his wisdom that gets us going, but it's the Lord through us all, right? But just Amen. pray for him. Please pray for him. Uh, pray for Gloria. She's uh, talking about running for town council. Pray for the ministry. Pray for yourselves. Make sure our country is under prayer. Um, and we love you guys so much. Thank you again for tuning in. Guys, we'll see you next week for sure. Uh, we want to do this again in the future. Please, we love your questions. If you got more, ask them. We'll see you next week. All right, love you guys.